Rocky Ridge Brewing Co. Hi, I'm Amish. I make beers. I have dogs. Go and drink my beer from a tin. Alright guys, and uh, welcome back to Beer Sucks. I'm one of your hosts, Brendan. We've also got Lesky, who's not going to talk again, and our boy Gunslinger is down south at Gourmet Escape, so... Uh, yeah, bad luck there, Tim. Hashtag, where's Gunslinger? Yeah, we know where he is, and he's going to be extremely salty, because uh, sitting here in front of me, we have the largest man in craft beer in Australia. Mr. Ashley Huntington from Two Metres Tall. How are you going, Ash? Hello, Tim. How are you? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Very disappointed I don't get to see the moustache again. Oh, he's... I think he's the most disappointed man in WA at the moment. <laughs> Does he have a... I don't think he's got a moustache at the moment. He's pretty clean. Well, he's had his hair chopped off. Well, he's lost all of his hair. Well, thank God he's not here. I know. Because well, yeah, it'd be very disappointing. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tim. You've upset me now. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the new uh, Hercule Poirot... Movie is the most outstanding moustache. Oh, really? Ever really? on screen. Well, I'm going to start taking so, screenshots of that. So the sending it to needs Tim. to he get really his act together. Step it up. That's yeah. right. He's a man of many moustaches. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, every time you see him, there's just something different. Yeah, and each one makes him look like Nick Cave. <laughs> oh, I've noticed. I've noticed that before. Yeah, he'd, he'd look more like that clean shaven. Oh, which is mate. probably a good idea to get it back again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clean, clean shaven is his version of uh, of just another variation of a moustache. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, with the long hair, he looked more like uh, Wayne from Wayne's World, actually. So <laughs> I kind of want that dude back. Oh, I can I can just imagine him listening to this, just growing with rage. Oh yeah, he definitely will. Which makes me really happy. My regards to you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for coming along, Ash. Um, you're over here as part of WA Beer Week. You're doing some really cool events. Um, have you done any yet? Uh, look, the uh, the visit was sort of truncated a little bit by a cattle sale on Wednesday. Okay. Which is not something I hear from brewers too often. No, no. We're a farmhouse brewery with a farm. Yeah. To a real one, and I, f- I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like I need to emphasise that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like all these motherfuckers putting farmhouse on their bottle. I've got a farmhouse. I've actually got a farm. Yeah, yeah. With cattle and a bit of beer occasionally, and a few other <laughs> and a few other things. The cattle don't go into the beer. That is a plus. Not yet. No. We've well, we've had seafood and beer, so I presume. Yes, yeah. yes, you have. Yeah. Um, so uh, if that's uh, if that's umami fish stock effect. Beef stock. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't arrived at that one yet. So let's just leave them to the <laughs> yeah. to the yards. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even started thinking about that. Either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very. It is very important to. Uh, it is very important to stress the farm. So it's yep. nice to say that uh, the, the the Perth trip was truncated by a cattle sale. However, uh, so we had to sort of uh, reverse the plans. But the Sunday is the constant at the Dutch Trading Company tonight. That's the, that's the event. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So from is it grain to glass or ground to glass for tonight? I think it's ground to glass, isn't it? Thanks, Adam. <laughs> 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 uh, my googling 
technique isn't quick enough. So. Yeah, and I'm sitting here with a pad in front of me. So that's Could someone get onto this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could somebody get me out of this mess quickly? Yeah. Um, speaking of a pad, it's also what Ash uses to write down all of his notes. So I'm the one left You're here like a wanker with the computer screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh dear. So yeah, look, the event tonight uh, being held with yourself and Hamish Coates of Rocky Ridge Brewing. So both of you guys doing very similar sorts of things. So you know you've a brewery on a farm. Same with Hamish. You know he's got uh, you've got a cattle farm, and his is um, was it milk? Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. And and it is ground glass from ground, ground glass. Yep. yep. So it's going to be from all accounts, it's going to be fantastic. So the food that's being put on is going to be absolutely phenomenal as well. My first trip over to the West, really, in this sort of capacity. So I'm really looking forward to it because I've heard very good things about the Dutch Trading Company and what they do. Oh yeah, absolutely uh, fantastic venue. It will be uh, a delight to be there. Yeah. Um, so we'll just show up and continue talking after you put the fire extinguishers <laughs> on me here. I'll, I'll uh, dry myself down yeah. and head oh. over there and start again. Oh. Well, that's all right, because <laughs> it's normally us that needs to be told to stop. So if it can be somebody else for once, we're, we're oh, okay yeah. with that. Well, you people live in an urban environment. Yeah. You see, I'm on a farm. Part of being on a farm is being on your own. I'm surrounded by cattle. We won't go down too far down this uh, story. But yeah. uh, I, enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the moment to get, into the, uh, get in amongst people and, 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 and talk. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, mate. I find you interrupt me a little bit. Yeah. Out on the farm, oh. it's a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to keep going. I'm, I'm, I don't have any sort of time checks or anything. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing much has changed in farming over the years. Yeah, no, the premise is largely the same. Yes, I've, I have. I have. I have found myself saying uh, in the, in the reiteration of the idea that we are a farmhouse brewery with a farm. It, it uh, behoven on me to say that farming over the years hasn't changed terribly much. We still shovel a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I hear from brewers a lot. So, oh, yeah. and, uh, and me from last week. Yeah, yeah. to clean up a large pool of diarrhoea out the front of my shop. Which is fantastic. Quite lovely. Yeah, oh. you were quite angry after I spoke to you. That was the largest pile of human shit I've ever seen. <laughs> oh. There's something better about cow shit. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's shit, but it's okay. Yeah, they yeah. don't eat pizza before they decide to go and poo in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Woof. Sorry, yeah, more back on the topic. So um, I know there's going to be a lot of people out there listening that actually do know of you guys, but for the people that don't, just give us a bit of a rundown of uh, where things started for you guys. Um, by uh, ignorance and distraction, really... Um, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Um, so you're a winemaker by trade as well. Some would say I sh- probably still shouldn't be, but <laughs> I'm fascinated, in <laughs> not in what I do, but, well, I'm fascinated in, in, by the subject matter, but I'm, f- I'm absolutely fascinated by what happens. Um, and, look, the entire... You know, the entire world of, 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 of brewing and beers is... Uh, is uh, is uh, somewhat uh, disjointed in my own mind because I keep he- meeting brewers and brew people and uh, I, I, because I've never really home-brewed or had any great interest in beer. Um, I'm a qualified winemaker. and was in France for 10 years <coughs> making wine. Uh, and, of course, uh, as a know-it-all winemaker, uh, the only reference we made to beer was it takes a lot of beer to make a good wine. <laughs> Which wasn't a necessarily a qualitative statement. Yeah. That was just a sort of you know hot guzzle 
statement. And that was basically, let's face it, <coughs> I'm not as young as you blokes, uh, that was basically the beer world um, when uh, I was uh, in studentum. In fact, it's actually interesting being in the West because uh, I would tell people that's where the craft brewing scene started um, in the 80s with Sailor Anchor and Matilda yep. Bay and yeah. places like that. And it went east to Melbourne where I was at university in the mid-80s and Redback brewery turned up in North Melbourne um, while I was still at Melbourne University and uh, look we went down there to have one or two beers because it was new and the thing to do and it didn't last long and so that fell in a complete hole that actually continued in Western Australia yeah as far as I know but then there was the next uh, you know the next 20 odd years there was really nothing in craft beer so I you know it's really mountain goat that got together, what would that be, 15 years or more afterwards? It was their 15th anniversary. Oh, is it 20 or 15? I was going to say 20. There's it could have been 15. For Feral, it was there's 15. There's, there's, there's a 20-year thing for Mountain Goat as yes. well, I yeah. think, yeah. in Melbourne. Um, but so there was Jeff Shearer's brewery in, in New South Wales, and then uh, there was the ones in the West. But, uh, and f- but uh, funnily enough, um, St Ives Brewery in Tasmania was actually the second okay. small okay. brew project uh, and my brew house is that brewery. Same engineering company that built the original Matilda Bay brew house built the St Ives brew house 30 years ago and that's the two metre tall brewery. So in fact, I had, n- I had no idea about beer. We came back, to f- we, we came back from fr- France to Tasmania in 2004. I'd done six months work from France including a number of visits on uh, properties. Looked at 150 properties in wow. southern Tasmania, and uh, I'm a fairly dogmatic type, when you get me going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, had always said that if I was going to make wine in Australia, there were only two places that interest me which is a reasonably dogmatic statement in itself. Yeah. But the, 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 and the two places were the Great Southern of Western Australia yep. um, and Southern Tasmania. Now, for people who live in Western Australia, the fact that I'm actually carving Tasmania up into <laughs> Southern Tasmania might s- sound a little odd in itself, but um, then I would abuse you all of not knowing anything about Tasmania, which is one of the strangest rocks that you're ever going to encounter in your life. I mean, the southwestern third of Tasmania is wilderness and rainfall. Uh, the uh, the southeastern side, which is Hobart and us, is quite arid. And the northern country is what everyone expects Tasmania is. That's the green, verdant, you know, extension of Gippsland in Victoria. So our Tasmanian game is spot the Aussie because on a perfectly... <laughs> beautiful 15 degree Tasmanian day, you've got all these uh, mainlanders with hats and scarves and I'm in Tasmania, (laughs) it's cold. (laughs) So uh, we uh, uh, had very uh, specifically looked at southern Tasmania. We ended up buying a, uh, what I still think is the best vineyard site of that research. Uh, There's a two and a half hectare hill just behind the shearing shed which is our now our brewery 
which was inconveniently attached to 600 hectares. 600 <coughs> so hectares. So the, the farmhouse brewery with the farm is actually 600 hectares. It contains two and a half hectares of what I think is the most fabulous vineyard site in Tasmania, uh, which therefore means it's the most fabulous vineyard site in the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> podcast don't yeah, yeah, pick yeah. up those winks do they yeah, <laughs> just, uh, yeah it's implied just winding <laughs> winding you guys up but uh, oh, uh, but it's fact of course yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, and and immediately that we came uh, back out uh, so the entire project is not only to plant a vineyard it's to plant a very very specific vineyard so yeah. uh, we're going to plant 10,000 vines to the to the hectare which is basically four vines to the metre bush vines only regated yeah. something that's not done at all but um, something I was very keen to do uh, and um, uh, as, as soon as we arrived um, I've just looked across the river and thought what are they? Oh as if it's a hop farm across uh, the road. Somebody said what do you mean? And I said What's the, what are they growing over there? Oh they're hops mate. Wow. Oh hops. I've heard of hops. There's hops in beer, isn't there? Yeah, 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 and so and as it turns out, there's uh, so uh, literally across the Derwent River from my farm is the uh, original hop property of Australia. So the entire agricultural history of the Derwent Valley is not grape farming or sheep farming or cattle farming. It's hop farming. So, and it's been happening since the 1830s. It's the oldest continuous whitefella agriculture in Australia. And uh, at various points up until very recently, it still grows about 60% of Australian hops, that farm. That's amazing. And in 1967, there were 169 family farmers growing hops all along the Derwent River Basin. The Styx River, the the Lachlan River, the Molesworth River. So the entire hop basis of Australia, that's the regional agriculture of the Derwent Valley. So there were still people around New Norfolk where we live who remember their childhood, they'd get let out of school to harvest the hops. So this is the regional agriculture of the area that I've just moved into. And the only use for hops is brewing beer. There's no, you know, we don't do... Yeah, anything else with it. Cute little salads (laughs) on the side or something. There's no industrial... Propulsion or oil extract that's used in wonderful perfumes or something. Although that's that's a possibility. Yeah, they do do use some for like treating people for like sleep loss or whatnot. So hops, hops can actually. Well, that's that's a that's a local tradition too. Is uh, is uh, the soporific effect of hops, which is is completely unrelated to beer. Before you go making those sort of lines, but and I was going to. So yeah, you were going to. Yes, picking hops all, all day is a good way to is a good way to fall asleep at night. So and the, but this, so, so that's 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 an amazing story in itself. Uh, I mean, you, you got to then translate this onto the ta- Tasmanian economy. I mean, Tasmania, the Derwent Valley is producing eighty percent of the hops in the country. Tasmania does not produce anything <laughs> at eighty percent yeah. yeah. of the national economy. Yeah. Tasmania struggles to produce eighty percent of Tasmania's economy. Yes. Uh, but here we are growing 80% of the country's hops and the only use for hops is beer and between that hop farm and me is a river, the Derwent River, and the major constituent in beer is water and I'm just thinking... And then somebody told me, I said, 
Wow. So where are the breweries? Because I'm a winemaker. If you grow grapes, you make wine. Yeah. I'm just... That's just like falling off a, off a, off a sea. That's just what you, this what happens, yeah, you know. Yeah. You sort of, you know, uh, and and, and th- th- looking at me quizzically. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Where are the breweries? What do you mean? It's a hop field. There's never been in a hundred and eighty year history of growing hops in the Dermot. There's never been a brewery in the Dermot Valley. And I'm just. Absolutely gobsmacked. How's it going to the Coonawarra or the Margaret River? Yeah. And, and, and seeing all those vineyards and just saying, let's have some wine. Oh and no, the people are looking at you saying, no, no, we grow, we, we grow grapes. It, it, doesn't yeah. ma- it doesn't make much sense, does it? Yeah. No, but, and it'd be depressing as well. But just but think about that. That's how we drank beer. Yeah. No one cared. Not even the big... In fact, in 2004, when we came there, that hop industry was in serious contraction because how does Tasmania compete when all you've got is these behemoth, industrial, foreign-owned, brewing giants who don't give a shit about what's in their beer? They want the cheapest alpha acid they can buy, and that's not going to be from Tasmania. No. They don't care where, what... The varietal, who cares? We don't care. The customer doesn't care. We don't market it like that. This is beer made from beer. My godfather. I'm standing there as a winemaker just thinking, um, yeah, this sounds really interesting. And then I rubbed a hop in my hands yeah. and took a smell. It's incredible. I, I just thought, I've never smelt that in a beer, ever. <laughs> and I'd travelled around the world, as I say, didn't homebrew, wasn't, you know, but I'd drunk beer. Yep. And I'd never smelt, and I just, my first thing that occurred to me when I smelt that hop smell was, why have I been wasting my time with Sauvignon Blanc for the last 10 <laughs> years? <laughs> <laughs> if I could only produce that into a beverage, yep. that would be amazing. And... Um, so there you go. Never brewed in my life. Never read a brewing book. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know any brewers. Thought, I'm going to make a beer with those hops and that water. And um, I need some grain. Oh, I've got a farm. I'm going to grow some barley. So I did. I grew 80 hectares of barley. Nice. <laughs> That was the best fucking answer to that question That's I've ever heard, to be oh honest. Man. It's extraordinarily it's ignorant. Well, well, it is. <laughs> and, and, and for you to put it into perspective, as you did, and say, because Margaret River obviously means a lot to us, to go down there and see acres and acres of, of vineyards, and we're like, where can we try some of this wine? And they're like, are you retarded? We send all these grapes off to somebody who presses them and, and does it all mm. somewhere else. It's, it's insanity. Um, and for nobody to see that or to do that in however many years you said it was is is a little perplexing. Well, it is a little perplexing, and of course we're, we we are we are I would I would say that the Australians are beer drinkers more than they're wine drinkers, and 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 of course you can contest that forever. But look look, look the, the 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 if I go to my parents' generation, for example, I mean there was very little wine drunk uh, except outside of the wine regions. Yeah. 
and if we go back a hundred years ago, the the brewing scene in Australia was 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 small and diverse. There was a hundred yep. breweries in Ballarat at the turn of the century. Now, uh, the 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 sheer fact that uh, to, to 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 enjoy this beverage that we we that we had to brew it locally for various reasons was 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 part of the historical context. Uh, and couple that with the fact that we had this the regional uh, agriculture of where I'd moved in uh, it, 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 and all of the best food that you can eat and, and is, is of place, has a sense of great place. But beer just seemed to be outside of that spectrum. We would drink beer, I don't know, to get drunk. As an intoxicant, you're As an intoxicant. Right. No Cheap, one ever white. thought about, you know, but we quickly got onto the wank wagon with wine. Yeah. Oh, I'll have a Merlot. I'm sorry, we don't have any Merlot. Oh, well, I'll have a Chardonnay then. Hang on a minute. You want a red wine or a white wine? <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 the sophistication and the social comeuppance of being able to spout off wine terroir was was quickly an accelerant through the population but beer was just beer mm. wine was this plural regional great tourism potential uh thing that happened through the 70s 80s 90s the wine industry in australia boomed and i was a part of that beer was beer all the beer was brewed by two breweries three yeah. breweries that became two no one thought about it. It would just have to be fizzy and cold. Bland as. And then you smell that hop. And it's just the incongruence of here's the primary ingredient <laughs> in a beer and here's the end product. And there is no linkage at all between them. I mean, God's sake, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to have a crack. Yeah. It didn't actually occur to me until I'd harvested my barley that you can't brew beer with that. With barley off the header. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my little pilot project of 80 hectares, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of barley in the first crop, and I was like, right, here we go, I'm ready to go. You can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? You've got to malt it first. Oh, no, no worries. No, cool. Where do we do that? They <laughs> oh, no. don't do that anymore. Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the start of two meters tall. <laughs> Just actually solving that next problem. Yeah, I I, th I think I've sort of brewed in that way ever since. I'm just solving the next problem. He's moved on a little bit. I've, I've the, the the current problem is is uh, uh, is um, what am I going to do with that ingredient I've just found, or how can I nick those quinces? <laughs> from that orchard that I don't know who it belongs yeah. to, but they look really good. If I get them, um, I wonder how I'm going to that sort of thing. But that's I, I I have still not gone to any technical um, schooling or uh, in brewing. So yep. if you if you put me in a group of brewers, I'm going to sound a bit interesting. <laughs> Which I like, personally. I'll, I'll, I'll refer to things in my own way because <laughs> I have actually, 
in 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 the in the fashion that I would call myself a brewer now, I've actually taught myself to brew on my own on my farm in southern Tasmania. So I am completely divorced from anything except my wife. <laughs> Which is a remarkable achievement in yeah. itself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and, and with teaching yourself, you would have, you would definitely have your own terminology and, and ways of phrasing things that wouldn't. <clears throat> I think thinking about things is what I'm actually increasingly aware of. I uh, don't see beer in the way I see a lot of other brewers talking about beer. That's the thing that probably strikes me the most is that I'm. Actually, I, I think about it as a beverage. I, I think about it as a wine, really, as I did a wine. It's mm. just, it's just, um, it's just a matrix from which uh, you're looking for the flavours and structures uh, that make it enjoyable in a dining mm. experience. Which really, you know, does sort of come across, you know, like similar to like getting a. Like a like a fresher Barolo or something, where you really need to sit on that for another ten years. Your beers can be ever changing, so you can, as you say, you know, buy a box, have one every month, and it's going to be as it goes along. You're going to get something different and new flavors, and yeah, no, that's but that's 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 so exciting. Um, but it's the hardest bloody thing you could put to the Australian marketplace in two thousand and four. Yeah. Or it's hard enough in 2017. It's hard <laughs> enough in 2017, quite frankly. But it is, look, even I can look back now over 13 years of, of doing this um, and see a change. It's never fast enough, of course. Yeah. But it's a lot's changed. Palettes have changed. A lot's changed. And the palette has changed. And, and uh, I mean, look, the, 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 most, the most ubiquitous comment that is made to us by somebody who encounters what we do for the first time is, uh, other than yuck, is I couldn't drink a lot of that, um, and that and, and and that translated into the reality because if that was indeed true, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, um, is is probably somebody saying that's the most different thing I've ever had. That's really what they're. That's really what they're yes. saying. Yeah, and, and then whether they actually get onto it or not is 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 is, is some do and some don't. Um, but it's st- and it's and it's a, it's a, it, it is in even to 2017 you know today in what uh, the beer nerds are starting to think is a crowded marketplace or other brewers are starting to think about it as a crowded marketplace as I put my head above the parapet more and more I, s- I actually realize that the way we founded and started that bizarre story that I've just told is actually the origin and we still are significantly different just in the approach and that just comes back to the origins i'm not setting out to make an ipa i make one beer it's a tasmanian farmhouse ale uh and there's just variations on that theme via ingredients yeah but i I can only make one thing so i don't set out to make a there will not be a two minute tall ipa What's the latest one? An oh. EIPA. Yeah, New England IPA. <laughs> oh, New England IPA. I, 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 had a, I laughed a couple of years ago. I sort of find this gently amusing to myself on my own farm. You know, on the cold mornings in Tasmania, I sit on my t- tractor and I chuckle <laughs> that I had a uh, 
I went out, I went out in the market and uh, you know because the IPA is obviously an Indian India Pale Ale. Yeah. And then there's a then there's an American IPA. Um, and then I had a, a beer that was made by a Kiwi, so that was a New Zealand America India Pale Ale. <laughs> and as a man of place and region, and <laughs> <laughs> I, fi- I do find that I, I, I do find that amusing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I drinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what am I drinking? <laughs> but you see, the point is that the beer market is s- still dictated by style. So therefore, you can make a farmhouse ale and not have a farm, and not even have an auntie that has a farm. In fact, you might be in the middle of a city, making a farmhouse ale. I, I, I like language too. Yeah, um, it's technically Dupont at the moment, aren't they? In like two city blocks. Not to not to mention the sales rep that rang me up a couple of years ago, um, and. Uh, and uh, offered to sell me. Yeah, I, I've heard you. I heard you brew some um, wild fermented beers. I was just wondering whether you'd be interested in our wild yeast blend. Um, look, if the yeast is in a packet, it ain't wild, mate. Now there was no sale. <laughs> and I and I don't think he'll be ringing again after the <laughs> half an hour <laughs> session I gave him on on the linguistic merits of packet wild yeast. <laughs> so uh, so there is uh, there's uh, the, 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 the 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 beer world is carved up into style, um, uh, and I would contest that there are no beer styles that are Australian on the in the international beer. That's pretty much it. It's a bit tangential. Somebody said, you know, Pacific Ale or a, an Australian Ale, or it's pretty. It's not. It. It. Not in. If you. If you're actually putting a beer into a into a beer show, it's judged on its stylistic merits, not on what it is, hmm. where it's from. The beer could be absolutely amazing, but if it's not sitting within style, then it's not being marked upon. Its own merit within and, that style. And, and that, that absolutely. And I would also add that, in fact, for all of the beer that Australia has made, we haven't made anything ourselves. So we're just reinterpreting styles that have been made famous yeah. elsewhere. T-shirts, you know, Australian brewers making Belgian ales. Well, they can't. They just can't. And I want to push that point, and I know I am a voice of a very, very strong minority, but if we're going to be Australian brewers, we have to, part of our brief is we have to be brew Australian beers. We have to add something to the, to the palate, to the international palate. We can't just push out continuing repetitions of the styles, but in fact that's how it's being sold, that's how it's being presented, so therefore... I mean, so I, I presume in that context we will continue to remain a little bit of a conundrum. I tell you what, if, 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 if Tasmanian farmhouse sales really take off internationally and some dickhead from Belgium creates a derwent ale, I'm going to personally <laughs> get on the plane myself and go over and rip his head off. Okay? Because that's me. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the derwent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit if it helps sell your beer. Get the shirt off. 
Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> that, would, that would be absolutely... Oh, I don't think that's re- going to be... <laughs> 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 yeah, I did, I did preface that by saying if Tasmanian farmhouse has become really, really famous. I don't I'm, I'm going to send some bottles over to Belgium and be like, hey, boys, culture this up, just to see that happen, because I think that'd be fantastic. Well, here's the point. Our, we, and and, and we're, we're sort of jumping ahead here. Uh, you know, I did talk about the barley and the hops and the water, but in fact, the most the, the, the thing that we've got into most tr- trouble with over the time is um, the, the the fermentation. Yeah. Before wild fermentation, before I even knew what was going on, and I'll tell you what, there's a long time between my first beer and me actually, there's serious uh, karma issues in the first number of years that I was done. I'm supposed to be a responsible man, I've got two daughters, I'm a married man. Moving them to Tasmania to start a vineyard business from scratch and buying a 600 hectare farm was bold enough but then to get immediately distracted. <laughs> <laughs> 13 years later, the vineyard is not planted, by the way. Oh, mate. I've grown spelt on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm growing hops in a corner, but I haven't grown any vines. So, you know, that's pretty hard to explain to the father-in-law. Yep. Um, uh, it's not the most responsible thing you could have done, given that you're not qualified for it. There's no... And in 2004... If you're going to start a craft beer today, somebody might say, oh, yeah, I've heard about them. But in 2004, that was just... It's a completely different time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And yeah. then what What are you doing growing these hops? Well, because I've got to make a beer. I've got to, ma- I've got to grow it myself. Because that's just that, that's how I thought. But, but it's the fermentation. You know, wine's pretty easy when I revisit it. The French always used to say, God makes the wine. Because we grow the sugar, we split the berry, we crush it. At vintage times, a little bit of nudity, <laughs> juice flows everywhere and, and fermentation starts. Look, it's a lot more complicated than that, obviously, but not really. Yep. If you crush grapes with your feet, you get wine. If you crush grain with your feet, you get sore feet. <laughs> Brewing is fundamentally more difficult and complex than the making wine. Um, and, of course, I've come at it from the front of a winemaker. We didn't have the sterility issues that were associated with beer. So I didn't, by nature, think that that was relevant. Yeah. I've converted perfectly good brewing tanks into <laughs> uh, cut off the top and put expansion chambers on them. It was one of the first moves I made so that I could see what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's about to reproduce that vomit yeah. that he was talking about out the front of his... <laughs> oh, no. No, there was vomit after the shit. That was the day after. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's, it's, a, it's an uncouth way, apparently of brewing beer and there were all sorts of associated and again something that's not great for radio my <laughs> hand yeah. gesticulation quotation. of quotation <laughs> marks <laughs> there was something um wrong with doing that and and, and by the look on adam's face is still not absolutely <laughs> accepted as being the greatest thing that you can possibly do but then we've been 
brewing beer for thousands and thousands of years. And there was only one way it would have happened. It's only in the last 100 years that it's been an, a, a desire for sterility. Yeah. And the productions of beers that are expressing the components of a monoculture. And I didn't start, haven't started, and have never done that. That wasn't written down. There was no books. Even if I did go to class, I would have been told that was bad brewing and I would have conformed and stopped it. It's only through isolation and ignorance and defiance that we continued to do what we were doing. Uh, and it is seriously different. And that's what I describe as a character of where we are. And that's what you get when you get beers from two metre tall. You're getting them from this place. We don't buy yeast. I buy one yeast. Which is? Just the most boring Saccharomyces, because that is the most boring ferment. It's the sum total of 98% of brewers' fermentation. Yeah. And I I class it as just pretty vanilla... You wait till you wait. What happens when that one's finished? Yeah. Then we're gonna. Then the journey starts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So it's it's yeah. it, we're still we are still in a world, somewhat of our own. And look, I, I persisted in this for seven years, two thousand and five, right up until two thousand and twelve. I can show you some of the most brutal emails a person can ever receive. I can I can I I, can, I know I know who they sent them to. <laughs> Actually, where I got a memory like an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> I know them all. Oh, but it, I must say, it was extraordinary. It was an extraordinary. The feedback loop was. Um, I'm not going to wish that on my worst enemy. It was horrible. Um, somebody was buying it though. God bless them. And I've found a few of them since that were because we can't drink that much. And I've, we've only ever made a living for 13 years on the production of our beer. That's amazing. It is amazing because. Most of the complaints we were getting came from the brewing community via, via, via. Joe Punter, when faced with this and completely ignorant of it, makes his own mind up, his or her mind. And often it's the disenfranchised female palate in beer that likes the acidic version of a wild ferment. I would never market these as beers for females because that would be just an appalling thing to say. But... The bitterness that's associated with highly hopped, sweet, bitter beers is a good thing for the male palate, and there's valid science that backs this up. But it's not necessarily something that is going to be universally attractive to the female palate, which is probably more receptive to acidity, which you find in wine, by the way. And so we found all these sort of syncopations where, you know, somebody would waltz up our drive and the bloke would be a metre or two ahead of the, the little his little woman and walk down and he strides down to the bar, you know, I'm at a brewery. <laughs> he's lost. <laughs> he's lo- clearly lost. And she's a metre or two behind him, moping along behind him. Oh, well, I've been to three wineries, I suppose. I've just better tolerate this. Well, yeah. And half an hour later, he's walking back to his car, mumbling, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the worst stuff I've ever put in my mouth. And she's still standing at the bar talking to my wife, yeah. saying, I don't usually drink beer. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And I'm laughing in the background, thinking, well, you know, 
the 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 way and the 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 way we market and the world we live in is it actually has so many barriers. It's not until you get onto the other side of them that you realise how strong they are. You know, we've done that inadvertently over the years. But um, uh, I was about to say the story. We 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 got punished for that sort of. As far as I'm I'm aware, Two Metre Tall was the first brewery to use the word sour in association with beer in Australia. Okay. I remember turning a sign around in 2009 saying original sourdough, which was a three-year-old thing that I was too scared to sell. And I that just started to mature, and I would taste it, because I've never thrown a beer out. You've got to remember this. You've got people now that are in the production of these sorts of wild-ass things, and they're saying, you know, you've got to chuck out 15 to 20% of your production, because it's just, just how it is. It goes wrong. No, you don't. I'm thrown. I'm knowingly thrown a litre out. Look, at the very least, feed it to your pigs. Oh, sorry, you don't have a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. I'll feed it to mine, <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it's 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 so and and with that dogma of not throwing anything out, all the while being completely and utterly confused as to what's going on, because I didn't want to make that. I didn't set out to make. <laughs> what happens routinely in my cleansing ale. <laughs> I did a lot of effort in the very early days to try and stop it from happening. It worried me greatly because I'd it's just beautiful hoppy beer and then all of a sudden I'd sit it in the tank and I'd bottle her up and after the secondary fermentation I'd taste it out of the... It'd be sour as buggery. I'd just say, oh, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> well, in reality, I didn't do anything. Yep. That's the point. I actually didn't do anything. <laughs> And I loved the acidity. And then, and then you would do that over time. Some of the other characters were quite foul. Uh, but then over time, they'd mellow and change, and the acidity would stay, and the beer would age, and all this sort of stuff. And it was just, I was just, abs- as, a f- as a fermenter, I was fascinated by what was going on. It just made winemaking look like a stroll in the park on a Sunday. It was just, and this week, I couldn't go to resources and, check this out and I could because it was just it was just no one was doing this so it was the last effort in 2012 I applied for a Churchill fellowship and thought I can't be the only dickhead <laughs> on a farm just a letting beer go uh, and st- <laughs> talk talk my way into one which is pretty good isn't it so yep. it was six weeks ago and sort of visiting breweries and getting a grant to do it is that's magic. It's quite phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. You know, by, by it was a six-week tour, and by week four, I just thought my life was breakfast, brewery, lunch, brewery, dinner. Yeah, it sounds perfect. It was nice. It, yeah. it was nice. <laughs> that really is amazing. <laughs> but the nicest yeah. part of it was, I would have spoken to thirty-five people or more: America, Belgium, London. I'd never heard of Cantil. <laughs> never heard of De Fontana. Well, then I'm all of a sudden I'm in the cellar with Armand oh. talking about this. And he's saying to me, yeah, but you're growing all your own ingredients. How cool is that? We don't do that. And I'm tasting their beer, this stuff that had been universally disparaged as being the worst thing that had ever been put in anyone's mouth. And I've got written letters to prove this. Absolutely hate mail. 
and and I'm tasting his beer out of the barrel and just thinking, hang on a minute. <laughs> he's he's got something wrong with his as well. <laughs> yeah. He's got the same problem yeah. I got. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, talking to the neighbour before I left, the day before I got on the plane to Belgium in 2013. Uh, I was talking to the neighbour about taking over his vineyard. I was going to give it all up. Sick of this. Not going anywhere. This is just this is intolerable. I was fascinated to a point, but now it's just it's got beyond a joke. Yeah. Six weeks later, I came back, and the first bloke I went to see was the next door guy, and I said, no, "I'm a brewer." So that was a mu- that that tour. Thank you, Churchill Fellowship. Um, which, by the way, is a pretty good program. If you can get through the hoops and write your own project, they you get through the you get through the hoops. They'll give you the funding. So it's not structured in any way, shape, or form. I mean, people have gone off and studied horse breeds for violin strings. It's an amazing program. Wow! Wow! And that just basically allowed us to get into the world out of out of the bloody bullshit that we'd been trapped in. And and come back for the first time with a language that wasn't a brewer's language. It was the language of the beverages that had been made by the people that had been making them for centuries. It gave me a context. I was able to now talk about what I did and how I did it. And therefore, I was able to square off against the criticism and say, yeah, but you, you think it's wrong, but this is what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Your palate is just not ready. Or well, it, uh, nothing's good or bad. It's just I understand where you're coming from, but yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is what I do. Yeah. And if you want to just class that as wrong, look, I've got an incinerator at the front gate on your way out. If you'd like to burn all your clothes, <laughs> but I'm not going to change it. Yeah, because in fact, uh, I tell you what, the proposition that we're sitting on with wild fermentation from a farm, I think, is far more three-dimensional than opening a packet, packet of yeast and slipping her into an aseptic set of stainless steel in a garage somewhere, if you know what I mean. I'm still fascinated. People say, you know, I've had your cleansing ale. Look, I've been brewing it for 13 years. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, I, I, we always, you know, when we were at the store the other night, Adam, we are talking about yeah. the fact once you've seen the front label on our bottles, just ignore it and then look at the neck label because the front label doesn't tell you anything at all. And this is... And and uh, and I'm energised now. We're language based. We've got a changing marketplace. We've got some appreciation, but by crikey, there's still so far to go. So much education yeah. to put into the market because th- these sort of beverages they are timeless. They age. They evolve. They match with food. It's going to take us out of this singular beer. And push us into a diversity. And quite frankly, if we're going to actually end up travelling around Australia, here I am in Western Australia, I'm going to travel around Australia, I'm going to drink beers from brewers all over the country. I don't want to drink variations of international beer styles to judge a brewer's merit. I want to see what they're doing. What, are, what do you grow here? What's your climate like here? What's your microbiology like here? What's this taste like? Brilliant. Oh. I've been so quiet because this has just been absolutely amazing. Sorry, oh. I did mention the fire extinguishers. <laughs> 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 I, I had it ready to go, but it, it definitely wasn't needed. Oh, Ash, right. This is... You need some heavy editing. 
<laughs> no, not at all. N- none whatsoever, mate. That's the beauty of it. Um, so, yeah, as we were chatting the other day, um, there is potential for utilising some different, or not different, but just or different than what you're doing at the moment, uh, brewing practices such as Solera systems and whatnot. Oh, that's just the start of it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. But I tell you what, uh, I'm not going to reveal it here in a public forum. But uh, I've got uh, I, I I actually chatted to a bloke over here um, uh, about. Uh, all right, I will give you I'll give you a bit of a lead in here. <laughs> uh, so uh, so uh, beer comes from the yeast. Okay, that's the alcoholic ferment that I was talking about before, the, the boring one, the 98%. Uh, souring comes from the bacteria. The only part of the microorganism uh, frontier that I haven't yet incorporated into my brewing is mould. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Fascinating. Absolutely. You wait. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna consume a long, long time in my. Uh, it has already in my head for a long, long time. But you wait. This is the most exciting thing. Oh. Uh, you've presumably had sake before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That's mold. Okay. I didn't know that. There you go. Do neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neither did I until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Knew nothing about it. Yeah. Wow. This is gonna be very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But there's uh, but, but there's there's all sorts of things that that follow from that all sorts of ingredients. Yeah, so like being winemaker, you know, you've seen like a lot of uh, a lot of breweries out there at the moment doing <coughs> or utilising grapes for beers and whatnot. Is there any any chance of anything like that going to be coming out of two metres tall anytime y- soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, in fact uh, earlier this year, in fact, wearing a t-shirt for Rootstock um, with the festivals on in Sydney. Next weekend, it's a fantastic um, festival of food and beverage, and uh, there was a version of that in Melbourne earlier in the year. And uh, we made a collaboration beverage with Tom Shobrook from the Barossa. In, in uh, so I basically he sent over a 150 year old Barossa musket barrel with some lees from one of his ceramic egg ferments, and I threw one of my soured spelt beers into it. And gave that nine months. Um, remarkable thing. Oh. So we are very, very uh, uninterested, if you like, in making a coffee beer that's just sort of wax a few coffee beans into the mash. And but I tell you what, there's a lot of waste streams in the coffee industry that could be used in brewing. There's a lot of waste streams in the chocolate industry that could be used in brewing. Barley's not a not an Australian grain. Hops are not indigenous to Australia. Grapes are not indigenous to Australia. We'll make an Australian beer before anyone. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> this is yeah. I've got to work that. I've got to work. Uh, I've got to work on the idea that I bought 600 hectares of property for two and a half hectares of vineyard that I never planted, and part of that 600 hectares was 250 hectares of of private forest. Which half an hour from Hobart's a pretty spectacular environment, uh, and for about ten or twelve years, I just thought this towering hill that looks over our brewery, gorgeous but very expensive, <laughs> when you're not actually farming. Yeah. yeah. And for years and years, it just looked down on me like a tower of debt. 
particularly when I couldn't sell any beer. Um, but over the years of sitting on that farm, and here's the point <coughs> about being a farmhouse brewer with a farm, is that now that we've been there, which in a geological sense of time is very little time, but we've been there for 13, 14 years now, and that hill staring over me for 14 years while I've been brewing, I had no idea how much influence that's having on what we're doing. For the first time recently, we've started to sort of realise that, ah, this is, this is, I can see what this is starting to do. This is going to have an enormous impact on the beers we make in 10 years. And it'll actually take me 10 years to get there. So 10 years ago, the desire was to brew a beer with everything being grown. <coughs> which would have made us the only brewer on the planet doing that at that time. Yeah. That's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Project didn't stop there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is fantastic. That's, That's exactly what I want to hear, to be honest. Drive is just dogged. It's yep. great. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we might actually round that out, mate. That has... Mate, Ash, thank you so much for for agreeing to, to pop on in, considering you're here for such a short amount of time. Mate, to be honest, it's I could sit here and listen to you all day. Thank you. It was Thank greatly you. appreciated. Um, Good luck with your uh, beer sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beer does suck, but it's the most amazing bloody product. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. It is it's an extraordinary thing. And, uh, and uh, the fact that on our watch, we've in the last 100 years, we've just allowed it to be owned and controlled and marketed by disinterested, industrial, profiteering, bullshit artists, yep. uh, just breaks me down. I don't give a I don't give a fuck what the definition of craft beer is, uh, but I do give a very very big and who gets bought out and who's selling out and all this sort of stuff. But I do get very upset when the magnificent of the product that is beer is diluted into something that is just dumbed down for mass consumer acceptance. There's nothing wrong with that per se, but if that's the only thing that's available, then that is an absolute travesty because this beverage is is capable of just about any flavour you can throw at it uh, and is without doubt the best accompaniment for food that I know of and I'm a 15-year qualified and experienced winemaker and that's close to treason as I can come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly. So. Oh, definitely. I could not put that into any better words, mate. So. Perfect. Thanks so much. <clears throat> That's it. That's um, it so thanks for listening to another episode of Beer Sucks. I'm Brendan. Thanks again, Ash. And I'm Adam. And we'll catch you guys soon. Thanks. See ya. See ya.